I'm going to get right to the point today, though, as we look at our verse for the month, Hebrews 10.24. Hebrews 10.24 does not allow Christ's people to take a casual, hands-off kind of approach to Christian community. Hebrews 10.24 does not allow the people of God to take a casual, hands-off approach to Christian community. Everyone who believes in the triune God who saved us by His grace is, is called in Hebrews 10.22 to draw near with a heart full of assurance that comes from faith in God, knowing that we're cleansed by God. And we're to hold on to the confession of our hope. The writer of Hebrews does not leave us there. He closes this section with a, a, a final exhortation to consider or to think about how to spur each other on to love and good deeds. In view of God's mercy that that as Hebrews 10.14 says, by a single offering, Christ has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. This is the work of Christ. This is a, His mercy and His love toward us sinners. And in view of that, we're to put our minds to work, thinking about how we can stir one another up to then act in ways that show love to one another and to do what is good. Listen to what Hebrews 10.24 says. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good deeds. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good deeds. You might notice, as with the previous two verses in Hebrews 10, 22 and 23, this is a plural command. It says, let us. So this is not a solo project. It's for the whole body of Christ together. And it's also not optional. It is given as an imperative, as a command. Think about that. This is written for each and every Christian. It's written to you if you claim to know Christ, that you would heed His Word. And so let us consider Together, how to stir up one another to love and good deeds. This is Christ's command. His call upon our lives. He calls us to consider. That is to take thought. To think deeply about this subject. 
to think deeply about spurring each other on to show love and to do good. And as we unpack what this means for us, what this Spirit of God is saying to us in His Word, we must understand what it means to consider. In our culture of instant gratification and moral relativism, this whatever I want, whenever I want it kind of attitude, we've lost the idea of biblical discernment and consideration, what that looks like to consider But the very idea of consideration involves spending time thinking, spending time examining and determining what is best, what God says is right and good and true. First of all, consideration involves time thinking. Decisions should not be normally done on the fly. The idea of consideration is we take the time, take a moment to think about the situation, to think about what's going on. And you know what? Even when a brother or a sister is in desperate need, taking a moment to think, to pause and to pray, to be quiet, is not time wasted. It is good to consider because in considering, we can help well. We can love in a way that that is wise in a particular situation. So our thinking should certainly move to action. But we should be careful about acting without first considering biblical wisdom. Secondly, consideration also involves hearing one another's ideas and offering constructive feedback. Consideration involves hearing each other's ideas and offering constructive feedback. You know, Solomon wisely pointed out that the one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. Proverbs 18, verse 17. Now that's in the context, particularly of a court case, perhaps. Sounds really good when the the first witness is on the stand and the first attorney is up there. The other one is trying to poke holes in the other one's argument. But that applies as well for when we consider things together. It's, it's wisdom to first hear one another and then to allow others to speak into our lives, to test and to examine what we're thinking about. That's part of biblical consideration, to examine, to be willing to test our, our ideas and our thoughts. Lastly, consideration involves determining not merely what we could do, but what we ought to do. 
There are about a million ideas and more, even in a church this small, we could have of what to do. What could we do in this community? Every one of you could think of a different thing we could do to help this person or that or this group or do that kind of activity. But the question that we need to be asking all the time is, what does God want us to do? It's not biblical consideration if we leave what God says out of the picture. In my experience, dozens of ideas die in the considering. There will be things that we will say, no, that's not the right time, or it's just not uh, the right situation. But the right ones, this is what we need to hold on to, will shine out that much brighter when we heed the command to let us consider, when we take it to the body of Christ, to consider together, to examine, to be open to new ideas and to critiques and to to be united as a body. So what are we to consider then? Well, previously, in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, we were urged to consider Christ. Christ is our hope. And Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 to 6, ties in both to Hebrews 10, 23. The confession of our hope is in Christ. But now, we're urged to consider Christ's people. Specifically, we're to consider how to stir up one another. How is it that we will, we will do that? How is it that we will move together in the direction of, of the love and the good deeds that God calls us to? Now, the word translated stir up, also translated provoke or spur on or to motivate. This is a strong word. The only other time in the New Testament that this word is used, it carries the idea of a sharp disagreement, of being stirred up or provoked to anger. When Paul and Barnabas have their a fight in the book of Acts, it's characterized by that word. They were provoked to go in separate directions. And they weren't getting along in that moment. And so this word carries the idea of prodding or pushing someone to go in a, in a certain direction. You might picture prodding cattle when they don't want to go into the chute, right? Animals have a mind of their own often. And they need some prodding, maybe a whack, a hard word, to, to get them going in the way they should go. Maybe you think more of spurring on a horse that doesn't want to move. 
But here, the kind of stirring up in view is the sort that spurs us not against each other, but towards the right path. In the way that God would have us to go. And that path is towards love and good deeds. The path of showing love. The path of doing what is good. And that a word like this is used to spur on or to stir up speaks of how easily we can become apathetic or complacent in our love for one another. We wander off after other things, after the things that we love, rather than towards loving one another. It's a reminder that we will continue to need a strong push from each other to keep on doing what is loving and what is good. And we can do this by the grace of God because of His love for us. Students of the Bible have often pointed out that the author of Hebrews highlights faith in Hebrews 10.22, so two verses before ours, faith in Hebrews 10.22, hope in Hebrews 10.23, and love, which Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13 was the greatest of these. He puts the three together, faith, hope, and love. And he says love is the greatest of these. And love is here in Hebrews 10.24. When these are paired together, they're done purposefully. These things are not in the Bible by accident. And I think they're, they're not by accident in the order in which we see them either. The implication that's given here in the scriptures is that faith in Christ alone and hope in Christ alone cannot be separated from showing the love of Christ. They're never intended to be separated. That's why they're, they're all given as commands. To draw near in faith. To hold on to hope. To the confession of our hope. And now to consider how to stir one another up towards love. This is the principle of faith working through love, as Paul puts it in Galatians 5, verse 6. Faith working through love. That genuine faith in Christ produces the fruit of love in our lives. Because as we know the love of Christ and as we, we trust in Him, we, we believe that He loved us so much that he, he gave His only Son That the Son gave Himself freely for us. And out of our faith in God and the love that He has shown us on the cross, we live with love for Him. A love that cannot remain bottled up, but that spills over into how we 
love one another, how we treat one another. And so faith and love are always intertwined. They're twins or triplets along with hope because they are the fruit of the same Spirit. One cannot claim faith in God without the love of God. We cannot say that we know the love of God, the Apostle John tells us, unless we love one another. He says that repeatedly throughout the epistle of 1 John. So when we are urged to think about spurring each other on to love, we're being urged to live out that which God has worked in us by His grace. It's His love. It's because He loved us. He has saved us unto good works. Not that we can muster up enough good deeds to attain eternal life. As we saw last week in Mark's Gospel, Jesus says no one is good but God. Alone. But it is that He has given us eternal life through faith in Christ. And He's done so for a purpose so that we would walk in love and do good. So that we would do this and this is the fruit of the Spirit who lives inside of those who have received Christ by faith. That order is important. It's not my good works and it's not my love and then eternal life. But it is eternal life that is the gift of God and that gift when received transforms us into a person who grows up into love and good works and who, yes, needs a bit of a prod, needs a push in the right direction because we so quickly wander at times. We get caught up in the wrong things. Things that we must repent of. The love of Christ is able to keep us and to continue to point us again and again on the right path. That of love and good deeds. That's why for 10 chapters, the writer of Hebrews has been putting forth a clearer view of Christ. If you just put this command and that was it, that's the letter to the Hebrews. Do good things. That's not the gospel. That's not what the writer of Hebrews is talking about. He's showing us how great Christ is so that we would love Him so much, so that we would understand His sacrifice for us so much that we would be willing to lay down our lives and to live a life that is one of love for people that sometimes we think don't deserve it. Sometimes in truth really don't. But we do this because He loved us. And it is only as we consider Him that by faith we begin to work out our faith in love. So let me suggest to you as we consider how to 
stir one another up to love and do good deeds, that if we do not consider Christ, we will fail. He is the one to whom we look from the start to the end of the race. In two chapters, the author of Hebrews will talk about our life as a race, and he will say that we are to run looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So we must trust in him. And as we trust him, we need to be stirred up to love. As we trust him, we will grow in love by the power of his spirit. The question before each of us today is this. As one who knows the Lord, as one who loves Christ, am I willing to think deeply and work intently to push my brothers in Christ to show love and do what is good? Let me say it again. Am I willing to think deeply and to work intently to push my brothers and sisters in Christ to show love and to do what is good because of Christ, because of His love. How quickly we get content with the status quo. How easy it is to love our brothers and sisters when it's convenient. You know that living with the best interests of the body of Christ in mind is, is messy. At times, you get hurt. At times, you'll find that things are not done quite the way that you would like them to be done. Maybe it wasn't your idea that got picked. <laughs> I don't know. But taking the time to motivate each other, to push each other towards acts of love and good deeds is what we need. It's what we need as we look to Christ and as we consider Him. See, how can we, who know the mercy of Christ, not forgive, not sacrifice, not care about the very people for whom Christ bled and died for? What kind of Love is that. What does it say of us when we don't care for the people that He loves, the people that He has redeemed? Think of the cross. What love is this? That He would come God in the flesh. He wouldn't come to glory in great kingdoms, enthroning himself over all, but he would come in humility. He would be mocked. He would be disbelieved and killed so that he 
could rescue a lost people, a people that had not a care for him. Praise God for his love. And he is indeed exalted, exalted above every name for what he has done and for who he is as Lord and as Savior. And I pray that each one of you this day would begin to grasp more and more of the wonder and the fullness of the love of God in all its vastness, so that believing in Christ, our love would be contagious. And we would live to motivate each other when we need it, as we all do, to show His love in whatever we do. That we would push one another when we need it continue in love and good deeds next month as we look at Hebrews 10.25 we will discuss how gathering together and encouraging one another is the primary means by which we are to obey this command we are to do this as we are able but I'm going to pause for today and allow time for discussion around the fellowship tables. I want you to understand that we cannot disconnect this verse from the next. That's why I'm saying that. We need to understand how fellowship with one another and how encouraging one another is important. It is what the writer tells us to do. But for this morning, going to, as we have coffee, enjoy that time together, just take a bit of time to direct our thinking towards how God would have us to act in love and how He would have us to do what is good here in our context and even thinking in southern Alberta. Down into the states. God has spoken. Now may we heed his words. And let us consider how to stir up one another. To love and to good deeds. And may he give us more grace as we look to Him that we might think and so act in love. Amen.